Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever noticed that there are always seems to be something happening in this thing called Earth? Like the old people saying, every time I turn around, it's something. To the point that you're like, you know what, bruh? I may just go ahead and stop turning around altogether. Like I'm going to cease to turn around it. Right? You all people know I just came out of a very tumultuous emotional season in my life. You know, from that prior job and that prior experience and that first quarter just looking like, mm, have mercy. But I would be fibbing to you if I said that I didn't see the good in it. Now, I know that we already know the Romans 8.28 where all things work together for those who are called for the good. You know, we, we all know that. And that, that's a very spiritual application, and, and it's cute. But to make it more practical, you know what I realized? That I needed that prior step to get to the stage that God has me on so that I can perform in a way that I've never performed before. Like it gave me an experience. It gave me a piece of tool that I needed for my armor that's going to make me a phenomenal soldier for the kingdom. Like, and I mean that, like literally I want you to hear me. I mean that from the depths of me. I remember listening to Joyce Meyer, her telling the story and, and of her childhood and what her father did to her. If you don't know, he sexually abused her, I mean, all the abuse, e all the above in her household. And to hear her say in one of her sermons, actually a few of them, that she would not have changed it was just like, bruh, she is on a spiritual uh, wavelength that I aspire because, yeah, uh, the way that she just said that, and I didn't hear no choking her throat you know how when someone's telling a story but you can still hear the emotionality of it and you're like mm, you still it still sounds like you're talking about yesterday but that was prior decades or seasons ago yet I never heard that in her voice and I was just like maybe she's just a different cut you know from the quote of the kingdom that I just I don't want to be the corner piece if that's the corner piece God I'm gonna go ahead and and, and request the centerpiece uh not because it sounds good but because I am very aware and I have a humble assessment that the way that she's cut I don't really want that armor nor do I like nor do I relate but I think I understand it now I understand going through something uncomfortable looking back at and saying mm, it was good so I just wanted to prepare myself, right? Because I don't want to go through the whole, every time I turn around, there's something. And it seems like I can never catch a break. And why am I going through something now? Because I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be unveiled because this is what these conversations are for. I literally thought <laughs> that the childhood that I had was, you know, pretty much my investment and my down payment on the second half of my life being better than, you know, the first. Your former would be greater than your latter and all that other stuff. Or your latter would be greater than your former. Reverse that. And that I traded in my um, ashes for beauty. And I'm just believing or I believed in my head that because my childhood wasn't enjoyable, that the rest of my life was going to be easy. It wasn't going to be any frustrations, any irritations, because... You know, she had a childhood that wasn't great. She had some experiences following childhood that wasn't the greatest either. And it just seemed to keep layering on top. The childhood, the adult experiences, the losing 
pieces of my childhood immediate family. And when I say pieces, I mean members dying off and mother passing on my birthday. So I just thought, you know what? I know what's going to happen. The rest of my life is going to be smooth sailing. So what was happening was I never healed from the prior situations. I just scooted them under the rug, put them in a jar, if you will, put it on the shelf and say, it's okay because I'm never going to go through that again, which was correct in a sense. You don't and you shouldn't be going through the same obstacles because that shows that you didn't understand what God was trying to teach you. And God is a great teacher. And before he passes you because you're his child and you're cute, he will make you repeat the test, the whole class, and the whole elementary process if he needs to. The goal is to get you the lesson. The goal is not to make you comfortable. So I got that portion of it. So, yes, you should not be going through the same obstacles, but you are setting yourself up for failure if you believe that I will no longer have any obstacles because I'm smarter now, because I'm not in that tax bracket anymore, because I don't have that particular debt anymore, because I don't talk to that person anymore. No, 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 no. There is no way to walk this green and blue earth and not feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in yet another class. I thought I already graduated high school. I thought I already graduated from that particular vocation. I thought I graduated from this. Yes, but until you graduate out of this spiritual earthly realm called uh, life, you will continue to be tested, tried, and true. And I don't want that to sound like, oh my gosh. I just feel like you are better off going through a season or a particular path if you know what to expect. I'm all about setting expectations. And this particularly was for myself, but I figured why not bring you along with me? This is what the phone calls are for, aren't they? So I went ahead and had some private time with God, and I'm like, so is the expectation that I'm always supposed to be in some kind of pain or discomfort? He was like, no, I don't want to teach you through pain. But if that's how you learn, you know, it was a little bit of shade. And I'll talk to God about that after. I don't want to put my business in the streets. But he told me to go back to Hebrews 12. And, you know, I read in the NLT version. Hebrews twelve eleven: No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Oh, my goodness. Like, there's no sugarcoat on that. And that's one thing about me. Don't give me the sugarcoated version of nothing. Give me the truth. Give me it straight so that I can go ahead and process, okay, how can I digest this so I can apply it in my life? Read it again. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. When I was at that prior job, prior to me quitting, and I know that probably the second conversation in about the job, he was like, bro, I need you to quit yesterday. And I was with it, but I did feel this need to go ahead and say, okay, let me just pace what God is trying to show me. Because I understand this, I cannot outrun discomfort. I cannot plan being uncomfortable that I understand that I need to get the particular nugget that is required for this stage because it's going to be required and it's going to be needed for the next stage that I'm going to. I look at it like an arcade game and I'm probably going to date myself right now but all I can relate to is Super Mario Brothers. Judge me not, <laughs> whatever, it is what it is. Super Mario Brothers, you know how you can 
go through the stage and you're getting the coins and the starting yes i'm doing the whole harlem shake have a nice day because that's how i refer back to my childhood it's nostalgic thanks so you know how you're going through all that but you're going through all this to get the coins to get to another stage to then get to another stage to finally get to king cooper then get go to another stage right and i feel like there were things that we needed in one particular stage that it wasn't about running all the way through and just getting the flag and going to the next stage, right? It was about if you were really a part of the game, you were trying to get as many coins as you could. You were trying to, because, you know, it gave you more coins. It gave you more life, one-ups, whatever. And it gave you a little bit of something that you didn't have prior to starting that particular stage. And that's how I see life. When you start a stage, when you start a season, when God starts you off on a path, when you're going through it, do not rush to get to the end because there are things that you should be paying attention to that you have to override and go ahead and and conquer in order for you to successfully go through that stage. Yeah, you could have took Super Mario and went all the way through, did nothing, but you wouldn't have been able to recognize, man, the things that I was able at one point to jump on and squish it looked like the little mushroom things now they got wings in another stage what you're not understanding is if something looks unfamiliar to you like completely just like alien like whoa I've never seen this before then that means that you didn't pay attention in the prior stage because one thing that I know about God he shows you previews of what's getting ready to happen I ha- I believe that wholeheartedly. I have seen it in my own life. And if I'm honest with myself, there has never been something that I did not know that I, if I paid attention to it, that it would have saved me in another stage. There were red flags on certain situations that I was like, why did I make it six flags? God was trying to uh, go ahead and flag me down. And I was like, "Wee!" I tried to make it a roller coaster experience. He's like, no, bro, this flag is trying to tell you to veer off. You're on the wrong path. You're getting ready to go to a destitute situation. I need you to come back. That is not the man that I have for you. I need you to come back. You looking at something way different. The Bible says in, in 1 Samuel 16 that God looks at the heart of the man, but you looking at different things things and it's not what I said and I'm trying to flag you and you trying to overlook it why do you choose to be blind when I gave you eyes when I gave you spiritual insight why do you choose to close your eyes so that you can later close your eyes and be crying to me about something I tried to warn you about hmm I tried to warn you about that particular job I tried to show you that they were not good with time and that all the things that you need as an employee or a partnership that they did not have I tried to show you that but you wanted that dollar so bad you wanted the silhouette of a thing on your resume so bad and you wanted that silhouette not knowing that it was empty by the time you get in there that you'll be the only pulse in that situation I tried to warn you I tried to tell you don't pick up that phone call I tried to warn you in those pivotal moments I tried to warn you so we cannot go ahead and go through life and have this thing in our mind that says you know what I I never seen it no you never paid attention to it you didn't want to accept it and it was something in you that if you are telling the truth you can honestly say I wanted the postcard and God was trying to bring me to the island. That I was willing to settle for something lesser than what I knew God had for me. Because the comfort that it gave me in that moment was a little bit more intoxicating than actually working for the bigger purpose. 
you knew Buddy wasn't ready to take a commitment of any sort, okay? You knew old girl was not it, okay? You knew getting that particular tangible item, big ticket item, was not what you needed in that time. But you cannot want something so bad that you rush to get through the stage. And at the end, you like, God, oh, now you... (laughs) Now you have something to say. And don't you dare blame God. Don't you dare blame God. The Holy Spirit is sitting there biting his nails like, are you going to tag me in or are you going to do this whole wrestling match by yourself? Because this is literally what I'm here for. You see what I'm saying? Like, we got to get to a place that we're like, man. And I'm going to be honest with you. Prior job, I seen it, bruh. Remember when I told you that there was that whole mix up with getting my pre-employment drug testing with the urine requisition and, and I had to go back and forth. And I was like, man, they are disorganized here. And then the fact that when I went on to, uh, I think a week later to sign some of the paperwork and things that was needed to do the onboarding process, they had my hours wrong. They had, it was like, what is going on? So I seen it. I seen it. And for me to think that I seen something on the front end, but then once I committed to it or once I got into it, that it was going to miraculously change because I became a part of it was foolish. Don't we do that a lot? You've seen the ways and the habits of such and such, but you just thought, you know what? That's because they don't have a me in their life. <laughs> yes, feel me. Listen, you are dope, but don't be nobody else's medicine and nobody's it for you. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's just certain things that you got to be a little smarter about. I would rather you close your eyes and continue to pray on a thing, pray on a thing, pray on a thing, than for you to close your eyes and cry and feel brittle and weak and emotionally exhausted and you asking God, please take this from me. Please take this from me. Because you continued to go through a thing knowing that it was no good for you. You know what I learned about that house buying process? That the inspection can make or break the closing. That you can love a house from the outside. You can go through all the square footage and, and the floor planning and oh my goodness. And you can go ahead and start Pinteresting, you know, your decor and your color items and schemes and how that's going to look. But if that particular inspection comes back with something that's too costly, that the inspection shows that how you value the thing is not actually at its true value. You have a decision after that point. Do I take this on knowing what it's going to cost me, knowing what it's going to require of me? Do I take this on and still go ahead and move into this home just with the expectations that I had prior to this information? You truly need to go ahead and cut and paste that to another part of your life because you get the inspection even if someone doesn't go ahead and just proclaim it and say, hey, listen, real talk before you start talking to me, um, not a good communicator. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold you. When I'm angry, probably not going to answer you for a couple of days. Um, you know, because I just never was taught how to accurately process my emotions. Also, um, hit things, hit things, um, something that I do also. And just want to say, have a wondering eye. Yet the way that you view cheating, it's not really a big deal to me because I have in my head, you know, um, if you not married, you single. I don't care if we committed verbally to a relationship or not. So what you call cheating, not so much because I don't really value dating. 
or even maybe engagement the way that you do. Um, just want to go ahead and say that also. Like, people don't come out and just say these things, right? And so do not rely on your inspection from the actual person who's trying to sell you the home, who's trying to sell you the relationship, who's trying to sell you the car. You cannot rely on that. That's why you don't go in and just wholeheartedly depend on the car dealership to tell you everything about this car. Where do you go? Hmm? Where, where do you? Right. Carfax. Because you like, you know what, you you may go to church, I may know your bishop, but you still are human. And I can't expect for you to remember or to rely on you to relay information that's going to later cost me if I don't know. So you may not be able to get that from the person, but guarantee you, you get that from God. Guarantee you if you go and say, God, real quick, because I don't know which route to go. Um... If you can just show me, this person looks promising, but give me the inspection. This job looks promising, but give me the inspection. This house, this whatever you want to put in the blank, it looks promising, God, but give me the inspection. Isn't that what he did with Samuel? You remember when Samuel went down in the Bible, he went down to Jesse's house. He was making his way downtown to Jesse's house to anoint a king. Which son? Like, that's how the song went. When I read the Bible, that's exactly the theme song that I heard. Please do not judge, okay? And so when Samuel went down to Jesse, he was like, ooh, you got a lot of sons. Okay, Jesse. And he was trying to anoint, and God was like, no, nah, that's not it. And then Samuel was like, oh, wait, this one is tall. And he had to go through six, seven, eight, so many sons that he was like, so none of these are it? And God was like, mm-mm. And God never told Samuel where the true king was. He just told Samuel that wasn't it. So it was Samuel's obligation to continue to search, not to settle with what just whatever sons he just saw just now. It was his obligation to continue to search one God, once God said no. So Samuel looked at Jesse and was like, uh, do you have any other sons, sir? He was like, yeah, um, David, but he's out there with the sheep, like, smelling like, bad. like, it's a lot going on. You don't really, like, real talk, we wasn't expecting you. So if he comes in here now, you may just get a nasal congestion <laughs> because I don't think he really showered in the last couple of days. I'm not going to gossip because that's my grandson. Um, but, you know, just don't want you. And, Jesse, uh, and Samuel was like, bring him in. And then the Bible says that that's when God allowed the anointing to flow and that he was anointed king, right? in front of all his brothers you cannot go and subscribe and marry and commit to something that God didn't say yes because I couldn't imagine what that would have looked like we would have missed out on so many things if the wrong person was anointed or the wrong person was chosen because you can be chosen and you cannot be anointed do you understand that like, yeah, you have the outskirts or a person has the remnants of, oh, okay, that looks like a good, fill in the blank. Looks like she can be a good mother. Looks like he would be a good husband. Looks like you would be a good, whatever it is. You don't want the shell of something just to commit to it, just to get in it, just to turn your key and be like, oh, my gosh, there's no engine. <sighs> Wait a minute. Um, why is this not starting? And what's that squeaking sound? Yeah, Listen to me. God will save you so much if you just went to him for the inspection. Oh, I pinky promise you. Honestly, God gave me the inspection for that last job. Not even going to hold you. I saw it. 
But I was like, and I literally, I went as far, you remember the conversations we had. I went as far as calling one of the coworkers and was like, real talk, is this what I have to look forward to? But I wanted to work so bad. I wanted to silhouette a part of my resume so bad that the silhouette turned into a blemish on my resume because I blotted this thing out like it never existed. And what's crazy to me is that right prior to committing to the wrong job, there was another opportunity that I had. And I think I told you, but if I didn't, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. I went to a job interview. They had me waiting for an hour and five minutes. You see my face? No, nothing happened with the phone. Do you, did you see my face? I text my husband. He was like, bruh, because <laughs> my husband is time.com backslash him, okay? He was like, you better than me, but you didn't get up and walk out the first 30 minutes. I mean, that 30 minutes is generous, but you didn't get up and walk. And I was like, I am trying to learn to stick through something and not just base it because I was trying not to be emotional. And I figured if I walked out, that just would have been more. But they had somebody come out and, you know, just greet, uh, greet her, make sure she's okay, and blah, blah, blah. And the lady was like, I'm sorry, we're a little behind. And I looked at her, I was like, mm-mm, this is not it. She was like, no, you don't. Th-. I said, no, ma'am. She said, why? I said, because if you can't respect the time on the forefront, I can't imagine how y'all do y'all employees. Like, at least put on a stunt in the beginning. You see what I'm saying? It was like, y'all not even trying to stunt. Y'all just like, look, we are unorganized, (laughs) disorganized to the maximum power. Uh, We do not communicate because in the little email invite they gave, they gave me a phone number to call um, in case you're lost. It was a very hard establishment to locate because it was one of those that when you put it in the GPS, it's bringing you somewhere completely different. So they had to write out, no, once you get to the light, don't follow the GPS. Turn it off at that point. You make a left and then you go into the office and then you, it's like, what? So they gave a phone number just in case you did get lost. I'm calling that phone number. Guess who's answering? Casper. That's who answered. Okay, nobody answered. And so I'm calling up a storm, which is then making a frustration because I came early enough to uh, find this location, but not early enough to get lost while I'm calling y'all. Nobody's answering. So that irritated my blood cells. I'm going to go ahead and tell you now. So when I told the woman, now this is not it, (laughs) it's not. She was like, no, you don't think. I was like, "Mm, I don't like the way y'all operate. That's just completely, mm-mm, I can't. That's not going to work. And so I said, I'm only staying to go ahead and let them know that this wasn't the way they should have done it. Because let me tell you one thing about me. You ain't never going to have to guess when it comes to me, okay? It ain't going to be like, wonder what happened to that candidate. Nope, I'm going to stay to make sure that you at least tighten up on how you do a thing with somebody else. But this is not for me. There would not be a time that I'm driving out and I can't get to y'all. That's stupid. So when I finally got to the interview and I said, so quick question, um, is this a preview for what I'm signing up for? Oh, you should have saw the faces and the tomato redness and the, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, you never had no one challenge your disorganization? You never had someone challenge the fact that I was here early, but you you didn't come out until almost 40 minutes after, and you just had some random person just greet me? Like, that's not how that works. And I asked. I said, there was a phone number that you guys gave, and I did try to, oh, we're all in here, so um, we didn't hear the phone. So then why did you even give a phone number? Now, I didn't say exactly that. But I did want to get to the point that I was like, so we'll do this interview. 
just because I'm going to let you know how this works. But in the beginning of this, I think we were all on one accord. Like, yeah, bro, you not it. No, you not it. Okay. Tag, you not it. Have a nice day. So there has been times that, again, I relied on the inspection and I kicked myself. And I, the reason why I tell you that story is because right after that came this job that I've been talking to you about for 15 years, it feels like. Like, bro, you, you did. I'm sure that if I didn't go ahead and uh, say no, ma'am, to that one that had me waiting an hour and some odd change, I think that I would have been that probably wouldn't have been a bulk of our conversations um, for that job because God showed me it. And then I had an obligation of what I'm going to do with this information. God shows you yes, God shows you no. He makes it real clear. There is no confusion in the spirit realm. There is no confusion with God. He's a man that shall not lie. He said, if you ask, you shall receive. If you didn't receive it, it's because you didn't ask. Like, it can't get no clearer. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And so what I realized is you are going to be pruned. There are going to be some things that you're like, you know what, God, honestly, um, yeah, this is something. And I don't know how else to continue to take. I don't want to miss it. You ever had someone say, I don't want to miss God. You can't. This man is too clear. He is, listen, you can make it ooky spooky if you want to. You can make it more as cold if you want to. You can, como se dice el uh, porque en inglés. You can make it whatever language that you want. She's a little bilingual. <laughs> Don't at me. But you can make it whatever you want to make it. But there's one thing that I know that I know that I know that God is clear. And so what I wanted to be clear on is, guess what? That every time I turn around, something's happening. It is. No, it's not an illusion. You're not being dramatic. It's not an emotional, oh, here you go again. It's true. I went up and looked at this whole um, being pruning thing. Mm-mm. I'm just going to take you right to it. John 15, sir. Ma'am, <laughs> John 15. Okay. You know, I read in the NLT version. Let's just get on into it. This thing says, and I quote it. It's in red, so that's what Jesus said. Let's go in now. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Two, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Three, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Four, remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Time out, bro. What did you say in the second verse? He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. So pain if I'm not producing, which I never want to be a part of that, um, okay, but also pain if I am producing so that I can produce more. Hey, God, real quick, I don't need any more pruning. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a very quick learner. I'm not a hard hat learner like they used to say when you, you was younger. You know, a hard hat make a soft behind. Mm -mm. So you can give me the soft um, learning segment and I promise you all get the same lesson, but I didn't even want to make it where it's super duper spiritual. I was like, okay, so on a practical English textbook, what does pruned mean? 
And you know what the bishop over there in the new Oxford American Dictionary said? That pruned it literally means cutting away dead or overgrowth branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Oh, my gosh, bruh. You mean to tell me that God loves you enough that if he sees mm -mm, you can't bring that particular characteristic, that personality, that mindset, you cannot bring that into your new season. I cannot allow you to bring that with you. So I'm going to go ahead and put tasks and things in this field called life. I'm going to bring people. I'm going to bring circumstances with the whole expectation of getting this out of you because this mindset does not fit where I am taking you isn't that what he did with the Egyptians I'm sorry the Israelites who had the Egyptian mindset hmm like God is so clear on change that mindset renewing of your mind doing something new wanting to put new wine into a new wine skin. God is not about blending old with new. It is an oxymoronic situation and God is not with it. And so he is literally saying, I will cut away anything that is overgrown in you. You ever felt like, man, I'm too much of something? Like you got confidence, but it's so much that you cocky and you arrogant. Like, yeah, you know what? You, you're, you're bold, but it comes off as a rudeness and you just don't have any tact. Like any too much of anything is excess. And God is saying, listen, where I'm taking you, there's a certain silhouette that you have to fit into. And so if you have an extra branch or two, I love you enough that I will cut that part of you off because you don't need it. And where I'm taking you, it's too much. And so he's cutting away the things that are dead, that no longer need to be there. And then he's cutting away the things that is excess. And then he's cutting and pruning some other things so that you can grow. You ever realized that maybe five to 10 years ago, you was a little weak in certain areas, but then circumstances came about, people came into your life, did something or another, and you were like, bruh, I promise you I would never be the same. Ever since that happened to me, ever since I met such and such, I will never be the same. You ever had that feeling? that you're like whoa and you didn't even realize although it was painful you were pruned and guess what's happening to you you're fruitful hmm they made you better did you even realize that like through the crying or the discomfort or the aggravation or the getting angry and the oh I would never and you paying so much attention to the person and the, the the devil has you thinking that oh you mad at a person and you not even realize oh my gosh you were sent to prune me I'm better because of you like real talk, if you didn't have that relationship, would you have thought the way that you think? And But we take it to a, a dramatic state. We take it to a, I will never, and I'm never messing with church people. And you go to these extremes, and God is like, bro, I didn't, I didn't take you through this particular situation. I didn't allow for this situation to come into your life to take you from the left side all the way over to the right side. Because now, now guess what? Now that's excess. And now he has to go ahead and shift you back to the middle where he wants you to be perfection. Imagine being so naive that you just love anybody, and you fall in love fast, and you... Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I, I know that I just knew you for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of whatever, and it's been a short time. But I just feel like, oh, my goodness, I, you know what? I looked at the job description, and, I, and I'm just going to commit, and I'm, I'm going to work hard. And, and you looked at whatever. Oh, I just love this house, and it's going to be the house that I grow in forever. And, and you just had this, you know, naive sense about you. And then you got a blow that was like, oh, my gosh, because you didn't listen to the inspection. And that's fine. Maybe God went ahead and made you ignorant because he needed that particular situation to prune you. 
and that's fine. But, and I feel like I need to go ahead and say this, he will make you ignorant in a way to prove his power. He will go ahead and make you ignorant to go ahead and prune you. He did it with Pharaoh. If you go back and read it, the Bible says that God hardened his heart. And I don't think he hardened it just because he wanted to try to make, you know, things difficult. I think he hardened his heart because he wanted to show the Israelites his power. Yeah, let my people go. We're going to keep doing this. I'm going to go ahead and show my power and all these miracles. I'm going to go ahead and have you chase them so I can do this Red Sea experience. Like, it's bigger than going ahead and just being chased by Pharaoh. It's don't don't get so honed in on that that you don't see, oh, my gosh, look at all that God did. I've never seen God in this light when I was a slave in Egypt. That God is trying to show you a different him so that he can show you a different you. So he can produce a different you. Do you realize that? But we get so intact in the situation. We get so committed to the person and who did. And I will never forget that we don't realize, oh, God was trying to prune me through you. Oh, that's what it was. So you you had that naive sense, right? You have that committing and, and just, it, it, and it's not more naive. It's just pure. You never had these situations before. You know, you coming from a pure hearted situation and then someone or something happens in your life and you like, Ooh, I will never trust again. You know, all light skinned men cheat. All girls who fit this particular stature will be the same like the girl that I had that one time. Oh, I'll never. And you know what? This particular state, I'll never move to that state because of such and such. And I'll never because it reminds me of, like, God just wanted to prune you. He didn't want to anchor you. Now you letting the situation sink you? No, that thing was supposed to help you sail a little different, sail a little better. You let this pruning situation prevent you to promotion why would you do that and I'm speaking from a place that listen and I was trying to hold the beans as much as I could but let me explain something to you God did something so awesome for me I am so thankful that I went through that experience because when I left that situation that last job do you know a week later I I had so many different job offers that I finally got the job that I really wanted, that I finally got the position that I truly feel like I'm going to shine like nobody's business. But it took for me to just go ahead and have no hard feelings and realize that situation pruned me. You know what it taught me personally? And I'm going to let you in on, on the particular fruit that I got from that. That when I see something in the beginning, trust, trust what I see. Trust that God is trying to go ahead and give me the option of, is this what you want to deal with? Is this what you want to commit to? Is this something that you want to sign on to for a long-term situation? That God is so awesome that he gives you the preview before you ever have to sit through the entire movie. And that had I listened, I wouldn't have gone through that. Now, it served this purpose. It showed me exactly what I did not want to go through ever again, which is a Ooh, a nugget all in itself, right? I mean, oh my goodness, for someone to show you what you don't want, you really need to go ahead and thank them for that. Because too many people are trying, I don't know what I want. It's because you haven't realized what you don't want. Yeah, you go ahead and realize what you don't want. It is so easy to go to a restaurant, look at a menu and go, mm-mm, I don't want mushrooms, I don't want that onion, and what's that? No, I don't want that. Is that spicy? I don't do well with spices. You know why you can tell them exactly what you do want? Because somewhere before, in the land before time, you had some of those elements and realized that doesn't work for me. Mm-mm. 
know, that spicy stuff does something to my nose and I start this mm, and I can't enjoy my food. No, the mushrooms, the texture, not really. And you can go at you need to understand that seeing what you don't want is just as valuable in getting what you do want. Yeah, I'm 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 trying to tell you, you better take heed. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. I I know when I'm talking, and I'm a lot of things. I am dope. I am Columbia cut. You understand? But there's sometimes that I'm speaking. I'm like, Holy Spirit, have your way, because I know that's not me. <laughs> I know it. So you listen. When these phone calls is happening, you need to have your ear. Okay. Have a nice day. But the fruit that I got was again. I'm never going to try to put um, blinders on when God gave me a magnifying glass. Mm-mm. God was zoom in on a. You sure you want that? Because he gives you options. That's how dope God is. You remember Adam in the garden? And God was like, ah, Brent needs to help me. And he brought him all the, you know, animals, like any any of these. Now listen to that. God brought Adam all the animals. You know what the AKA version of that is? God gave Adam options. Which one you want? That one? No, that don't work. What about this one? Mm-hmm. And they probably did that. I don't know how long it took because it's a lot of animals in the animal kingdom. Hmm? Yeah, it's a lot. But God will give you options. He will give you options. And he's so awesome. And the Holy Spirit is such a gentleman that he will not override your decision. He is not obligated, God, to go ahead and safeguard you in your decision. No, you're going to have to um, reap what you sowed. You chose that. I do apologize. And I know it hurts. He'll be there to go ahead and comfort you and wipe your tears. But you, just like you made that decision to get into that, you're going to have to make the decision to get out of it. And once you go ahead and get out of it and you get back on course with God, that's when he's like, okay, now, now we're back on track. And he is only obligated to cover you where he is com- where he has placed you to commit. That's the only place that he's com- he is covenant <laughs> to go ahead and cover you. Now I think God is a great father, and I think that he he protects us. You know, don't mix protection with covering because I look at the story of Lot when he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And how many times Abraham had to go ahead and get him out and, you know, had to buckle up and get some of his best men to go ahead and get his nephew because Abraham was about that life. Like, you understand? And then Lot just went right back and saw him Gomorrah. It was like, bruh, come on, sir. And then God had to send down three angels and was like, all right, so listen, bruh, you have to leave. And he was like, oh, okay. And he went back to sleep. Like, literally, we talked about how many times, like, Lot had the decision to get up and go, sir. Like, to the point that the last chances, that uh, the angels gave them, they had to take Lot's hand and say, go, please. Okay, great. So I do believe that God protects, but he doesn't have to cover you or, or bless you in the place that he never intended. Because I believe if that was the case with Lot, he just would have been like, you know what? I personally don't want you here. And I know that this is not a place where you can be fruitful. But just because, you know, the lineage, you were Abraham and all that, I'm going to go ahead and bless you for the one time. No, because God understands blessing you in a place that's not fruitful is a burden. No, because what did them people do when the angels came down to Lot? You remember? Read your Bible. It's amazing. Um, Them people were knocking on his door. They were like, "Uh, 
whoever's in there with you, let them come out because we want to have relations with them. And it was like, oh, my gosh. So if you are fruitful in a place that God never planted you, then everybody pulls from you. Hmm? Mm-hmm. That's a word right there, isn't it? Everybody pulls from you. Everybody sees you as a ticket to their success. They want to ride your coattail. And it's like, wait a minute. And you looking like, bruh, I literally am in the same place as you. Yeah, you may think that, but you're way more fruitful than we are. People recognize fruit, but we never realize dead seed. We never realize dead soil until God has to come down and say, I need you to move now. Then it has to be something abrupt. Then it has to be something that is traumatic. Listen, I don't think that we have to learn in the way that we lose and we're crying and it's just too much. I think as soon as we get the message and as soon as we wake up, God is like, whenever you're ready, <laughs> the door is open. I done gave you the key. Open it now. That's why I feel no regret in the fact that I only spent three months at that prior job. That I made peace with that. Because I think what we have the habit of doing while we're being pruned is I made this mistake so maybe you can outdo something for the mistake. Like maybe if I was here a year, you know, be be there a year and you knew by day two that this woman is disrespectful and she's the head of a lot of, of HR and she told you to walk away, that you have another co-partner, a person that you're having issues with, that she don't know how to talk to people, that the CEO doesn't know how to flatten things out and have conflict resolution among the people. Like you literally thought, so at day two you seen that. At two months, you were like, this is crazy. At three months, God was like, How, however you want this clock to go ahead and tick, but just know that I have assignments for you, and I'm not going to stretch and give you more time and give you time deferred because you chose to waste your time. That's how I'm starting to see life. Like, why are you, you know the clock doesn't stop. This is not basketball. That if the ball is not in your possession or it's not in play, they stop the clock? No. Every decision that you make, that clock continues to go. You have the option to go ahead and say, ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is 22. Let me get back on schedule with God. Or you sit there and you just waste your clock. But don't you ever look back on it and say, man, I, I never knew. Or I didn't have the opportunity to. Or I didn't know. You most certainly did. You most certainly did have the option to go ahead and change things around. You most certainly had the insight that that's not what God had you. You most certainly, certainly did. And I came back on this phone, and I know I'll call you right back, but that's fine because stuff be on my heart. And what you going? You going to tell the God no? Huh? Hmm? No pressure, but you going to tell God no when you answer these calls because that's what you're doing? Okay, just wanted to make sure we were clear. But the point of the matter is... Can you look at life different? Like several challenges in this conversation. One, have peace where God is pruning you. Because if he's pruning you, I would like to believe that I'm on the latter side. That even if I do have excess, he's making me perfect. He's saying, mm, you know what, I love that you're sensitive and I love that you're emotional, but sometimes you can be a little bit too driven by that particular trait. I think that is beautiful, but you know, where I want you to be an 11, you're actually a 21. And so I'm going to prune you back to 11 because that's your default manufactured way that I need you to be for your journey. That if he sees as an area that's destitute, he can say, mm, 
you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cultivate that soil because although you're bomb on this side, this left side of you is it's like we need more scenery and it needs to match. I want you to be complete whole picture. I don't just want people focusing on one side of you. I want you to be a perfected being. You cannot make yourself perfect. God does that in his work. And in his work, there is pruning. I want you to be at peace with being pruned. I want you to disassociate that a person did something to you. And I want you to identify that as you were sent. This was allowed to prune me. Because the entire goal is to have you perfected to the point that your life is better because certain situations came and made you better. It showed you not to do too much of that. It showed you you don't have enough of this. That's literally what it boils down to. So, yes, every time you turn around, there is something because there's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. And so what I have learned <laughs> is I I couldn't even put a price to it. There, I mean, you heard the conversations we were having when I was at that job. I literally think that those were some of my best situations or conversations with you because it was coming from a place of agony coming from a place of purity and coming from a place of oh my goodness I never seen this before in this light so I walk away from that prior job with an insight that I feel like I needed but I only gave and committed three months there I think I would have been disappointed to know that I gave them longer I don't feel like, you know how some people are like, wait, don't move until God tells you. Don't hop into, no, because you know what? I believe that um, you get to choose your learning environment if God is not blocking it. If God is not blocking, he's going to teach you. Listen, he taught Jonah lessons in, in a uh, big fish, in, in the belly of a big fish. No, you, you, there is nowhere that you can go that God won't continue to teach you. The teaching will continue. You get to choose your environment. And what I said was, God, this is too toxic. I feel like I got what I needed, okay? And so what I'm going to do, and I pray that we are on one accord, if not give me peace, but I'm going to leave this environment because I want to be fruitful. And I believe because of the situations that were yielded after that, that God confirmed and was like, yeah, that's exactly it. You got it. It's exactly it. Because I was at a place that I was like, I am not moving because I don't want to repeat this. I don't want to cut and paste this somewhere else. I'm not moving till I feel like I got what you sent me to get. And I'm letting you know that I'm getting to the end of me feeling like I can continue on. And I don't think there's any anything wrong with that because when those angels told lot listen uh you need to go ahead and run, run over there lot looked and was like mm -mm, bro that's too far can i just go to zor and they were like sure go ahead and go to zor we, we won't we won't start until you till you get a head start bro so i believe that you can say to god honestly um I have a humble assessment of myself and I can't because I have been in situations where on the outside it looked crazy, but God gave me a peace to continue that journey. You ever looked at someone's life and was like, I have no idea how you're going through that and not looking like a, a puzzle piece. Like, I have no idea how you, and that is because God will give you the peace. So as the old people say, he will give you the grace for your race. You won't feel the elements. 
You will not feel the elements of what you're going through. And that's how you know that God is saying, okay, stay. As long as you're not operating in laziness or lack of excellence, because you could confuse your comfort and think that that's God saying, yes, stay, stay in your covered and you should stay there and be blessed. Now, you can be confused in that because this is also the place that caters to your laziness. But that's a whole nother conversation. But I feel like you got what you needed. I ain't going to hold you. This was, yeah. Again, look, still eating from the fruit of the past. <laughs> still eating from the fruit of the prune. You understand? Do You know what these conversations are. They're life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody is going to have with you. But who else to do it uh, but your favorite homegirl? Hmm? Okay, great. <sighs> yeah, this was good. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is going to be fruit that I um that I eat from from a long time, and I'll be able to share this a long time, and I love it. And I'll never look at pain the same. I no longer am even going to acknowledge pain. It's not pain no more for me. It's prune. Yeah. Mm -mm. Life is not happening um, to me. Life is happening for me, for my perfection. So look at it that way. And I promise you life will never look the same. But listen, if we don't get this phone, we're going to keep talking because you already know we've been talking for a real long time and I don't got not a near nickel, okay, for your um, mobile to mobile plan. So we're going to go ahead and go. I'm going to let you let me go and we'll talk later, okay? <laughs> later.